Hey everyone, and welcome to this first in a while episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. And not only are we together recording a podcast for the first time in a while, but we're in person. I know. <laughs> for the first time in forever. I said to Aaron, uh, because I got Cal here like six months ago, you haven't been here in over six months because no. this is the first time you've met Cal. So the last time I was here was when I was having a chat with our guest tonight talking about the journey she was about to go on because right. we've also got Erin with us here today. Indeed. Hi. Good job. Well, we did a whole speech <laughs> thing, so <laughs> just off the cuff. That was that was so anticlimactic. <laughs> no, the, the last time we caught up in person, we mm. were like, oh, we're about to do this whole new journey of the podcast where we're going to track Aaron's journey and we're going to do all this stuff. And then it just kind of went off, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, but that's my fault. Well, yeah, because the pandemic I had something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the pandemic well, didn't really, no. Didn't the, pandi- the pandemic didn't stop me from running. I stopped me from running. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> well, it was like, it was, it was a lot of things that happened, but we'll get into that in a second. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess... Um, do we still have sponsors? Yeah, well, <laughs> funnily enough... Um, <laughs> So, of course, we, this podcast is brought to you, of course, by Spartan, the Spartan Australia, which you can use coupon code SUPERMAN to get 15% off your race in Australia, uh, the next race being in Bright in February, uh, and then New South Wales in April, and I think Auckland sometime after that. Um, not part of Australia, but that's cool. Is it not? No. They get really upset if you say they are. Oh. Yeah. Oh, New Zealand. Yes. Yeah, well, well I, the coupon code works in New Zealand, too. Wow. Yeah, because you can you can register for that race mm-hmm. on the Spartan AU website. Uh, also, of course, brought to you by Generation You Can. Use the coupon code Breaking the Barrier, fifteen percent off your first purchase. Which, of course, Generation You Can is that nutrition that gives you that long, slow energy in terms of using your body fat as fuel rather than body sugar as fuel. And fun fact, uh, a little bit random, I was actually given the opportunity to purchase 50% of Generation You Can. Really? Uh, I, di- I was. I, you know, I, I went into talks with uh, the current uh, 50% shareholder. and You had your people talk to their people? I had our people talk to their people. Mm. And our people? Yeah, well, you, well, you would have had to go on too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it just wasn't, it wasn't something that, unfortunately, we were able to work mm. out at this juncture in time. So whoever does purchase the... Uh, generation you can 50% sharehold I have been assured well uh, we have said that hopefully it should be that breaking the barrier does continue the relationship with generation you can okay well, welcome to breaking the business barrier indeed like indeed indeed and that's all we have for you today we just wanted to get some adverts in so uh, we'll catch you next time <laughs> see you later yeah. <laughs> so what have we been up to kids like Zach what 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 have you been up to um, I mean we'll get to the mm. the Big stuff, but what, what's been happening in the past? Well, week? I mean, like it's been two months since we caught up, I think I it think was. So, yeah. And it's just been a lot of family stuff and work stuff, mm. you know, a lot of things happening at home. You know, sometimes as a father, life just sort of gets in the way and you yeah. realise you've got to take some time out to put kids first. So I, I took about three weeks off work, which is really, really interesting because I was, mm. I was having a chat with a potential company about a new role. Right. Uh, and then just as that was heating up, I had to take some time off work to look after the family. Mm. Uh, and we also had uh, uh, the local school that my kids go to had a COVID scare. So yeah. all of a sudden, you know, even though we were out of COVID lockdown, we were into isolation and everything. And then I ended up getting offered a job that I took that wasn't the job. 
uh, oh. that I that so I, you're no longer no I'm still with, still working with oh, Telstra okay. yeah yep. just in a in a slightly higher role now right yep. um, and then everything sort of got settled down uh, home wise and people were back at school and everything and then the people who were talking to me about the job came and said we'd like to talk to you about that job again and I said well it's a little too late right. I just took this new job. And then you messaged me to say it's been two months since we caught up. And Indeed. I said, no, it hasn't. And then I went back and I'm like, no, yes, it yes, has. It has. <laughs> yeah, it's, been, has. it's been two months. So since then, I mean, you know, Australia out of lockdown, yeah. basically. Everything really, really back to normal if you're part of the exclusive double-vaxxed club. Indeed, um, indeed. I know if, I am. Yeah. If you're not, then you're probably starting to struggle a little bit because yeah. things are starting to get a little bit tight there. But... Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've... Apart from training for races, which we'll get mm. into, and doing the actual races themselves, it's just been a really messy time. Yeah. One of those messy times where it's like, you just go, 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 and you crash into bed at the end of the day, and you're yeah. like, oh, I was so busy, but what did I actually do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so what, what, what just happened? How mm. is it that it is now Friday? Mm. Ten seconds ago, it was Monday, and yeah. I have no idea what happened between then and now. Yeah, exactly. But something... Yeah, it, it was a good lesson, though, in clarity for me because I'm always someone who's struggled to get work-life balance happening. Yeah. But when something happens with family, it's like, right, I need to drop everything. And my work was just amazing. Mm. They were like, go away, call us when you can come back to work. Uh, and all, a lot of the other groups that I hang out with were really supportive as well. Um, and it was just a real lesson that, you, you know, you can prioritize stuff and you can have a focus and an interest in things. But ultimately, occasionally, life will come along and go, actually, this is what matters. Yeah. And you've just got to... I don't regret you know, putting everything on hold for three or four weeks to just look after my family and make sure that everything was right. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. How about you two? Well, uh, Sounds very similar to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's about it. It's been a lot of a lot of busy stuff happening. Like, you know, with me, with, uh, with Coles, um, it's just been really, really hectic because the hours are nuts. Um, you know... Because last time we started to talk, you were in isolation. Yeah. Basically, you were yeah. Because kind of, last one of the last messages you sent me was, "Hey, I'm off to find. I'm finally out of lockdown. I'm off to get my second dose of vaccination. Yeah. Where do I go? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> um, because I, I, I went to the this same guy point. under a bridge offering me something. Yeah. I'm not do sure. Do I take it? it. <laughs> um, yeah, because you know we obviously had a we were a tier one site, mm. um, but yeah, it's just been nuts because the hours are kind of. Uh, hectic and I generally because my manager is really really busy uh, and he doesn't get enough support and we're also really short other drivers mm. I generally don't get my roster until like the day before like literally I didn't know what time I was working tomorrow until about a half hour ago Wow. Um, to which I said to my manager dude can you like try to get this to me sooner because yeah. it's it is hard to plan life like my clients my pt clients yeah. my life coaching clients like last week i had to schedule i had to uh, switch back and forth twice two clients because i kept getting different messages from two different managers mm. and i was like all right no we'll, we'll change our time to this oh no we have to change our time back to this oh no and so it gets kind of irritating i put up with it just because i get it i've been a manager i know how hard that is mm. um and plus you know it's it's kind of at the end of the day is it a physical job yes at the end mm. of the day are the hours hectic yes but at the end of the day is it easy money absolutely yeah um but it does it does affect the work life balance. So we're, we've been trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, my training lately has been kind of because races have been canceled, switched back, and oh. changed all over the place. As yeah. you know, my training kind of went from long distance to speed back to obstacle. Like oh, it's been all over the place. Um, but it's been it's been interesting. <laughs> it's been an interesting 
learning experience on kind of how to adapt yeah. to really challenging times, not only with races, but with life mm-hmm. and work-life balance. Because, you know, because um, I was doing, I was, I was acting full-time, basically, mm-hmm. I haven't actually needed to worry about my schedule because I'd be like, yeah, dude, I'm off for like the next three weeks. It's cool. I'll just hang out at mm-hmm. home. And now I have to work to somebody else's schedule. Yep. It's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And everybody listening to the podcast right now is like, oh, woe is me. <laughs> Welcome to real life. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Same deal. Yeah, work-life balance. Yeah. Like, um, I'm very, very lucky that my hours are the exact same mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. So I know how much I'm going to get paid. I know when I have to work, so I know when to schedule things. So that's really, really lucky. But it's um, being in the medical field, it's also dangerous yeah because you know we deal with people who don't have masks on and you know have Mm -hmm. their mouths open so it's there's that little bit of risk there but yeah and then balancing yeah life and two Mm. two adult schedules and a child and it's yeah yeah everyone knows that story but yeah hectic yeah yeah it is it's hectic so it's it's as sad as it sounds, it's really nice to know that other people are suffering the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny, like, I went back into the city last week to catch up with a couple of people and saw people in the first time. Mm. And it's like, there's certain people you see and you're like, hey, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, yeah, it's been tough. Oh, that's fine. And you sort of, that's it. But mm. I had a really good, you know, chat with the person I work with. And we just kind of really opened up mm. to each other. Yeah. And he was like, this is what's been happening with me and my family. And I'm like, well, this is what's been happening with mm. me and my family. And we're like, man, it's really, really hard, isn't it? And then he's like, you know what? I've had this same conversation with someone else. Like, this, mm. yeah. everyone has kind of had to go through something mm. over this little bit. No, yeah. no one's gotten through the last two years unscathed. No, and it's, no. it's a really interesting thing, which we'll get into when we start talking about the races. Mm. It kind of reflects racing and mm. the work that you're doing out mm. on, the, uh, on the course. It's like everybody is feeling the same thing. Like, when you're out on a race course, whether you're uh, the everyday back of the pack, middle of the pack, or you're an elite racer, at some point in that race, everybody is feeling that same pressure, that same heat, that same Mm -hmm. struggle. And, you know, the real, the only difference between an elite and an average runner is that an elite will get through that struggle a little bit faster. Yeah. But everybody's going through that same struggle. Exactly. I think the whole pandemonium of the last six months or so has been reflected in the race schedule here in Melbourne. Mm. The last five weekends have had like two or three major events where you would sit there and go, in any case, hey, I would have liked to have ran (laughs) any of these three races Mm. that were on this weekend. Like, I think they had Surf Coast Century was on the same weekend as Trails Plus. They had yep. Spartan on the same weekend. Yep. This year had Melbourne Marathon, but also had some other trail events. Mm. Like, there's just all of these events that were meant to be in, like, August, July, September, yeah. October, just all have come crashing into November yeah. and December. Nuts. I've been hearing about, like, there was one guy who did an ultra every single week Gosh. for, like, the last six weeks. Yeah. Every weekend he's done gone out and done an ultra. That's nuts. Um, which is just crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And half people are like, well, I've actually paid for three events that are on this weekend, Mm. but I can only race one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Bummer. So how was Spartan? Getting back into it. First first race in a while for you, Andrew. So what was it like compared to normal Spartan? And then Aaron, I want to hear what it was like in general for you. (laughs) No worries. Well, I guess guess for me, in terms of, you know, it, it was kind of, it felt the same. Like, it felt, when we got there, it felt just as 
sort of laid back as it always has been. The major difference, of course, being that there was somebody there to check that you had your vaccination status. Yeah, okay. So how many people where do you think were there? Um, I think probably... Um, I can tell you in my wave, there were 60 people. Okay. Um, but at the festival event on the Saturday, I would say there was a couple hundred people. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I if don't know. That... It really wasn't that busy. And it seemed like everyone who finished their race got the medal, got their stuff, and left. Yeah. I mean, like, there, there were... was a little bit of socializing mm. afterwards, okay. maybe some people stretching, or if there was a team of people. Yeah. But for the most part, it seemed like everyone was leaving yeah so like when you watch the the entrance exit there was just as many people going out as, as it was coming in, in. yeah and okay. I, mm. it was a steady flow uh mm. yeah i would say that there was probably a couple hundred people in the festival area um you know so it was kind of it, it it felt normal yeah um <clears throat> in terms of the race i mean to give you an idea um, you ran two days i ran two days yeah. so the first day i ran the competitive wave the age group uh 35 to 39, or 30 to 39, what am I? How old are you? I don't know. Yeah. 37. <laughs> um, and in my wave, I think there were 60. The last competitive wave that I did at the Stadion event, there was a couple hundred, I think. Oh, no, no I'm sorry. There was 100. There was 100 and something. Okay. Um, so 40% less. Yeah. That's a lot less. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as term, in terms of the race, you know, it wasn't... the. It unfortunately wasn't the lead up that I would have liked because mm. I couldn't really do a lot of specific um, training because the gyms had been closed for yeah. six months, right? So, yeah, so how, how soon after the gyms opened up was this event? What? About a month. Yeah, four weeks or so, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, about yeah. a month. And what um, was the distance of the event you did? Uh, 5K. 5K. Well, mm. a Spartan 5K, which is about 5.6. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... You know, but again, you know, everybody was kind of in that same boat. I mean, not everybody has a home gym or anything. Mm. Um, I was kind of fighting some tennis elbow in, like, both arms. Um, my ankle was giving me a little bit of grief. But, you know, you go with it. You figure it out. Yep. Um, and you do what you can. But I was really happy with the race, you know. Uh, it was just, it was kind of surreal being there at the starting line and, and hearing the announcer again. And they always have the same announcer. The guy's incredible. Um, I wish I knew his name, um, but he's just, he's, he gets you really going. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we're off and it was such a, it was such a different experience than my first tour in race because mm -hmm. the first tour in race, it was a couple of years ago with the bushfires and it was mm -hmm. like, it was like 40 degrees when we were racing. This time was probably about 24 maybe. And it was kind of overcast. It wasn't too bad. It was not perfect conditions, but it was close. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. You know, the, the ground was tough. I'm not used to running on that kind of terrain just because mm. that's my own fault. But I think I did I did all right. Like, going through, I was really happy with how I navigated the obstacles. I was surprised how well I navigated the obstacles because I hadn't really been yeah. able to train so much. Like, before the gyms closed, I was doing, like, single-arm hangs and doing knee raises. Yeah. Um, and so my grip strength was really well. By the time gyms opened up again, I was barely able to hang on with one hand. So I was, mm. I was very impressed. I mean, I was very happy with myself that I was able to. You can say you're impressed by yourself. I was impressed That's by fine. myself. It, yeah. was, it was fine. Um, <laughs> and whenever I race, I, I try to find, and this is in any race, an OCR, uh, a road race, whatever. I try to find somebody who's slightly, who looks slightly fitter than me. Yep. And I try to keep up with that person. Best case scenario, past that person. Um, in this case, spoiler alert, he beat me to the finish line, <laughs> but, uh, it was really good because, you know, I kept up with him most of the way, but there were a couple times where, uh, you know, he would, he would 
fly off, and I'm like, ah, damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there were a couple of obstacles. The reason that I love Spartan is because the obstacles kind of level the playing field. Like, mm. it, even if you're not the fastest runner, like, for example, one of the, well, right now the current reigning world champ, Ryan Atkins, he's not necessarily always the fastest runner, but all-round athlete. Yeah. He's probably one of the best because he's just so efficient. So with something like the Spartan, if I hit the spear throw and this guy doesn't, all of a sudden he's 30 burpees. Behind. and that yeah, Right. That gives yeah. me plenty of time. And I did. I stuck the spear throw both days. I was really happy about that. Yeah. Um the only obstacle that I didn't do was the rope climb, just because by the time I got there, my elbows were starting to... Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Rather than muscle up, and I couldn't find my footing, I'll just burpee out. But yeah, so I kept up with this guy. He got there maybe 30 seconds or something before I did. But he knew I was on him. He knew I was yeah. on him the whole time, because he came up to me after the race, and he was like, oh, dude, great race. Mm. Um, I was like, yeah, great race, <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, uh, no, it was good. Um, so how does it work? So in a com- competitive way... Yes. There's obviously some obstacles which are choke points. Yeah. Is that just first in best rest? There's no helping each other over. No, you can't like you can't help each other over. Mm. That's part of the rules for mm. the competitive. Um, and there were only a couple of times where we had to wait and it was toward the beginning when everybody's still yeah. kind of together and there was a couple of the walls. But once you get maybe a, a kilometer, two kilometers in, you're kind of you're not you're not waiting online anymore because okay. there's there's still there's a lot of people who are scattered at this point. So you feel like you got a pretty clear run? I think I had a pretty clear run. I think once the first kilometer was done and we started really hitting the gauntlet of the obstacles, you know, I was happy with my run. You know, overall, really, really happy. I wanted to do it in under 30 minutes just because I don't know why. I don't know what I gauged that on. Mm. I did it not in under 30 minutes. I did it in like 40 minutes. Right. (laughs) Because it was just the nature of the course, the ground, the water obstacles really slow you down. Like there was the dunk wall, which you actually go underwater, which was actually just gross because the water is just gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> horse dams oh. out of the paddock. Yeah, yeah. So it's brown. Like it, so, yeah. Brown and, and then, then when you stir up the mud and it, and it's, it, yeah. yeah. And you get in and you're basically, <laughs> you stand on the bottom and then you sink another three feet in. Wow, you're um, really selling it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's great. Um, but... You know, the obstacles, they, they just really... 10% off down. that, folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 15, actually. 15%? Oh, look. Um, we got to give you the extra 5% after that <laughs> description. That's right. If um, the water was clean, it'd be 10. It's right. If the water's dirty, you get 15. It's just nasty water. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a lot of fun. Like, it's really it's really just primal, and it, you get going. And I was happy with how I went. Um, I came 7th place out of out of the 60 that I ran That's with. That's good. I was really happy with that. That's really good. I was really happy with that. Um... But the difference between myself and a podium, I think, was a couple of minutes, mm. um, a few minutes. Uh, so I do want a podium at some point in the next couple of years. I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely not going to try to podium at Bright. Uh, I'm the only reason that I'm doing the age group in the 50K Ultra in Bright, which we'll talk about later, mm. is because that was the only spot left. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to try to podium that yeah. thing. Um, I'm just going to try to finish that thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really great. It was a really great experience. So much fun, uh, you know. And then and then we went back the next day, and that's where that's where Aaron comes into play. Yeah. So were you there watching him do it on the Saturday? Yeah, and we took our daughter as well, and she got. It was actually kind of funny mm-hmm. because as soon as she couldn't see him anymore, she's like, 
maybe he died. And I'm like, <laughs> spoiler no. alert, I did a couple no. times. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, honey, yeah. that's that's not what happened. Yeah. Hopefully, that's not yeah. what happens here. Yeah, because he's got the keys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, but no, she got really excited and she's all, she's all ready to do her own first, uh, Spider-Man really? in Bride as well. Oh yeah, she, she loves running and, you know, thinks she's the Flash. So she's all, she's all keen as anything to... Do they do Junior Spartan? Mm-hmm. They do, yeah. yeah. From four yeah. to, I think... From four? Yeah. Four. And then the competitive kids races start between, uh, ages 10 and 14. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then adults, 15 and above, I think. Oh yeah, by the way, I lapped some of the, uh, younger age groupers, uh, oh, when really? I was out there, which is <laughs> Were they running different ages on the same course at the same time? Well, like five minutes before, they sent the 18 at oh, 25s wow. and that. Okay. And I was lapping them. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> chumps. Wow. So so what was conditions like on the Sunday? Was it as good as it was It was, was a little Saturday? warmer. So it was, uh, I think, about 19 degrees. And yeah. it would go in and out of clouds. And sometimes it would uh, spit mm. a little bit. This is on the Saturday. But then on the Sunday, it was just sun and 24 degrees. Right. Um, and I wore expired sunblock. And I've, I've still got the, the pink <laughs> tan lines from that. So that's, that's a good time. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it was warm. But it wasn't. It wasn't hot where you feel like you can't breathe. Yeah. So I was thankful for that. I just yeah. kind of wish I wore shorts instead of leggings. Right. But okay. it wasn't, it was fine. Yeah. Weather-wise, it was actually really nice. And were you doing the same course? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's the yeah. exact same course for everyone. 5.6Ks. Right. right. The only one, the only thing that we didn't do was the dunk wall because apparently the, uh, the thing that you have to uh, swim under started to deflate. Right. Mm. <laughs> so. And then I think one of the volunteers said that people just started running over the top of it. So they're like, yeah, we need to get that out. Yeah. So that's why that yeah that was no longer there, because I think we got up to about that point, and you're like, I think the dunk wall was meant to be around here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was excited about that. It was that. probably after the rings, maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um. So yeah. So how did how did it? I mean, obviously, those of you who don't know, uh, if you follow my YouTube Melbourne Superman, you can actually see Aaron and I talking about the entire ordeal. Like right. After. Like right after the actual yeah. race, but. How did you? How did you feel? Well, I suppose I should go back. Do you and... wish to retract any comments from the YouTube video? Probably. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Like it was a good time, and I do want to do it again, even though I'm actually still sore from it, mm. which is interesting. But no, I'll go back further though and say about the training and everything that we were supposed to do leading up, because only a couple of weeks ago we were sitting in the car and I said, "Hey, you know how with that uh, that episode we were like, you we're gonna follow Aaron's journey to Spartan, mm. and then you know I just." fell off the map and we just didn't do anything else. That was a good time. But no, like I went to um, a myotherapist. Yeah, my myotherapist. Uh, yeah. yeah, got a toe separator because of, you know, he, he identified some issues yeah. with some of the reasons I was having knee pain, but that then caused so much more pain. The ripple effect of injuries. Yeah, exactly, and, and trying yeah. to then go backwards from that. So then all of the issues that I did have got so much worse. Uh, and then I just stopped running completely and was mm. just trying to get used to using this toe separator and just walking yeah. without pain. So I completely stopped running months ago. Mm. Um, and then through work, I ended up with tendonitis in both wrists. Right. So I haven't been able to go to the gym. I haven't been able to lift anything because just texting on my phone eventually just ends up hurting. Yeah. So I haven't been able to run and I haven't been able to do any upper body strength stuff. So I was like for such a long time, I can't do this race. There's there's no way I can physically do this race because I'll just get hurt. Like yeah. literally her decision to do the race happened 48 hours before this. <laughs> 
that's often the way we do yeah. dumb yeah. things, but yeah. I, I kept saying like you've got to try to get either refund or postpone yeah. my ticket somehow, and somebody kept forgetting. No, I wasn't forgetting. I just wasn't doing it. I didn't <laughs> run it. But then, uh, yeah, I got a was it FOMO? Yeah, missing out. Like yeah. I, I really wanted to do it, and I was just so disappointed that. I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, like, I guess with my with my knees and my ankles, I'm like, okay, well, that's just a bit of pain. Mm. I can deal with that pain for just five kilometers. It's yep. not that's not that yeah. bad. Whatever, I'll deal with it after. But if I did an obstacle and injured my wrists, that's yeah. that's my work that I then yeah. can't do. So that was really really scary. That's really but, interesting because when we spoke the first time, you were like worried about injuring your knee again. Yeah, was I was worried about the, the knee yeah. and, and the and the ankle, and then uh, I was just a bit like towards the end, oh well, I'll probably end up sore there, whatever, mm. and just mm. accepted it. But then it was yeah, it was the wrist that was scary. Mm. Um, but the wrists are mostly fine. I find that uh, in in the hand in. Um, these muscles in front of the thumb, those ones have been cramping a little bit this weekend, but overall there hasn't really been any pain. Right. So that, that's a win. Um, but then I guess, yeah, on the day, it was about what I expected. Was it um, a, just an open wave event? Yeah. 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 An open wave. So yeah. We, we were running with many different people yeah. of all shapes. Yeah, exactly. Of exactly. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, like the, the guy that, you know, gets everyone going at the start, he was really good. He's like, Oh, whose first races and mm. who's been here this many times. And, he was really good at kind of getting a little bit of community just yeah. within that wave. Yeah. Uh, and then even within that, because uh, it's a bit of an icebreaker, I guess, in a way. And then in that open wave, we had actually, we were running with some really good people. Yeah. like, um, And they were encouraging us and we were mm. encouraging them. So instead of just being us, it was kind of like a, a nice big group sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So it was really nice. That's kind of like what racing starts to become. Like, mm. even at a competitive level, um, mm. you're out there. With people, that, and that's what I love about racing, right? Whether it's a Spartan, whether it's a road race, whether you're an elite or you're an everyday runner, you're running the same course. Mm. Like not many, not many things can you say that about. Like you can't say, "Oh, I play me, I play baseball, and I play on the same field as the Yankees," or mm. you know. But you're a, you're a racer, you're a runner. Yeah, I'm out there on the same course as Elliot Kipchoge, or yeah. or on the same course as Ryan Atkins. Um, and, and no matter how good, efficient, or uh, uh, sort of rookie sort of you are, there's always going to be that camaraderie. Mm. And yeah. it's really exciting. And that's, that's what it kind of comes back to. You find that everybody's going through the same thing you are. Mm. Yeah. And people recognize that. And because that, that was one of the things that you were afraid of, yeah. is that yeah. you were going to be judged, maybe. Yeah. Mm. And I was so, I, one thing that I was so afraid of is that I would have to skip obstacles. But again, because of my wrists, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do burpees either. Right. Uh, so I was worried that if I skipped an obstacle, didn't do the burpees, people would be looking at me like, what are you even doing here? This is a Spartan. This yeah. isn't just, you know, a walk in the park fun thing. Going in, did any of the obstacles, like, freak you out? Or were you just... Did, did you not really have an idea of what the obstacles were going to no, be? No, we did. Because we, we we did watch so many videos wow. on, on YouTube of... It's like all the I elite, yeah, all all of the elites doing their races and stuff like that, and it was really like we used to watch them all the time, and that was great motivation mm. to to keep running and stay fit. But then, yeah, injuries happened, and then COVID, and then life happened, and yeah. everything we've spoken about earlier, and then I just went way off track and did nothing for months. It was wow. great. <laughs> <laughs> Put on seven kilos mm. as well. Yes, <laughs> so that's fun. Mm. Um, but then seven kilos of muscle. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ooh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the only obstacles that I was really concerned about were things like the monkey bars where yeah. I couldn't use my legs. So would like all of my body weight would be just be on my wrists. Right. So those are the ones that I'm like, I'm not even going to attempt that Smart because thing. I think that that would just be pretty foolish. Yeah. Because um, if you injure yourself on something like that in the first kilometre, yeah. then the next four kilometres is not going right. to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Although, right. funny you say that within the first kilometre, because all of my running training was on yeah. footpaths. Yep. Yeah. I did not even think, because like, obviously we never really continued the training, and our plan was to do more things at the Yu Yang Trails and, and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and actually get used to uneven terrain. And obviously never did that. So when we got out, and it's a paddock, that you know tractors have been going through to yeah. cut it and so there's so many little divots and stuff like yeah. that my arches and my calf muscles cramped so badly really i was in so, during the race oh yeah the yeah. first one kilometer wow. the first one kilometer i was in so much i was pain. i was worried for her that i was like oh man this isn't like i have not like i think when we last spoke and i said that i had done um uh, run melbourne yeah. years and years and years ago my right calf muscle cramped up it did it's done that like every single time I've run yeah. so I was kind of expecting that and I'm pretty sure I said that in one of the podcasts mm. I was expecting that muscle to cramp up but it has never hurt that much wow. ever and that's that's kind of like the interesting thing when you plan for a race like for example a distance you've never done or the type of race that you've mm. never done you have the known unknowns and yeah. then you have the unknown unknowns so mm. like the known unknowns like you know that your wrist is giving you grief, but you don't know how it's going to necessarily affect you yeah. on the course. Yeah. But so you can kind of plan for that. But then you have the unknown unknowns, which are things that just pop up that you have no, you, you wouldn't been able to plan for because yeah. like you weren't expecting them. Mm. So, for example, you 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 kind of got to plan for those unknown unknowns. For example, yeah. for me with my fifty k, mm. I'm going to plan that because I've, I've I won't ever have raced that distance, but I'm planning maybe three or four hours into that race, I'm going to start feeling things that I have never felt before. Yeah. And it's going to scare me into wanting to quit. Yeah. So you kind of mentally plan for that. Whereas like physical stuff, it's a little bit harder to do that. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. But now, but the good thing is now, you're like, okay, well, that was an unknown unknown. Now it's a known yeah. unknown. Yeah. plan for it next yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely very much so. Like I, I kind of knew that I was probably going to cramp up. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how badly. Yeah. Like that, uh, I think I even had, like I had to keep stopping to walk because of how much it was hurting. And I, yeah. I think at one point you're like, oh, why don't you just try to stretch it out? And I did. And the searing pain. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, I'm just going to walk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, let's just, I'm just going to walk and I'm just going to call this, every step is called a light stretch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so whilst you're doing that, what's happening? Are you being overtaken by people? Oh, yeah. Are there other people going just as slow yeah, as you yeah, because that, they're also feeling yeah, it? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I found that there was a bit of a leapfrog thing sort yeah. of happening. Like yeah. a, a lot of the people that I was familiar with in our wave, um, they would pass us and then we would pass them yeah. and... Cause, and I suppose that's the thing as well. When you've got some of these people who are in a team, if one person's cramping up, yeah. then they've all got to slow yeah. down. And then the next person has an injury and they, everyone has to slow down again. So, yeah, I think that's why um, some of those teams fell behind mm. because of they're in the same boat that I'm in. Yeah. Right. 
but there's just more of them. Yeah, okay. So they have to stop more often. But yeah, I think in the end, we had to walk most of it because of how painful it was. Right. But you still, I mean, but I wouldn't... I, towards I, the end, it wasn't as bad. I think you the got over it pretty quickly. Of, like, it, it, it subsided pretty quickly. And you're walking, what, 500 metres between obstacles? If that. If yeah. That. yeah, so I would kind of jog, I, I would jog well, I mean, a little bit when the pain would start to get too much for my yeah. head to try to push aside then i'd say okay i need to walk or if we were coming up to an obstacle i would say okay let's walk and then i would you know I'd do, do like some a... breathing and calm my, my are there any obstacles down. you can attack at a run like well, i mean everything the, you the jump over stuff. really right so if you were yeah. like super elite you'd just be running straight over the wall yeah yeah like yeah. It, i know that when i when I'm, I'm running on my own and i'm i'm going for like an eight foot wall or mm. something i run up to that thing grab it and i i yeah. attack it with my foot to stick it um but, you know, for Erin, she was able to just, she was able to walk up and just like jump. <laughs> really? <laughs> she was crazy. But that wasn't an eight foot wall. That was the four foot wall. Oh, okay. no, <laughs> so but. There's nothing crazy. I was like, that's really impressive. <laughs> it's an eight foot wall. <laughs> Boing. Yeah. No, no, She no, did no. all right on the slip wall. The, you know, the, the, yeah, that the, one was surprising. Um, I, I thought the slip wall was going to give me issues again because I would have to hold on to a, uh, yeah. my group strength is appalling. Like, as soon as I grip too tightly, my hands cramp, and then mm. it's it's pain right up to the elbow. Mm. Um, and so I figured trying to... this Okay, so anyone who doesn't know, slip ball is like a like an A-frame sort of thing with a rope, and you have to climb up just that, that steep wooden side mm. with just that rope to assist you. And how and, tall is it? Uh, uh, it's probably about 10 feet. Okay. Three metres. Yeah, three metres. Yeah. About that. Really? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I remember looking at it uh, and thinking, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. So I, I picked the longest rope so that I wouldn't have to get a run up and face plant. Uh, and then just got my feet up and then just stood there for a moment and kind of let my wrists adjust and went, oh, yeah, I can mm. do this. And then, <laughs> and then did it. But then yeah. I got to the top and I'm like... How do I get down? How do I get over? <laughs> this is where I die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I did actually yeah. think that sort of thing. I'm like, this is where I live now. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of, kind of stopped it, and then I'm like holding onto the edge yeah. and trying to get my leg over. And Andrew's pulling my leg over, yeah. and I'm just like, this is not good for my stomach or my ribs. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I have no energy left. Yeah. Finally got over, climbed down, and was like, okay, all right. What's I this? could probably do that better next time. Yeah. <laughs> What's the strategy with energy during it? Are you fueling? Are you taking no, drinks or water? Or? Oh, I did. I, I, I used a C4 um, oh, yeah. pre-workout beforehand because mm. I always found that when I used to go to the gym, uh, C4 gave me enough energy to be like, come on, let's do it. Mm. Um, so I took that beforehand knowing that, especially the first couple of obstacles, there would be about you know, a, a kilometre-ish. No, not mm. a kilometre, but there was a, that was where they were mostly spread apart. Yeah. So I'm like, this is where... I'm going to struggle with the running. So I'm like, I'm, I, I need the C4 to help yeah. me get me through that. Didn't feel it at all. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I pretty much took it and then we went out there and then started straight away. So it probably did help. I it just kicked didn't... in the moment she was finished. Right. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> um, That's good for recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I mean, I took the water that was on the, there was only one water station. It was a 5K. Mm. What do you want? Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I don't, I didn't, I had a little bit of a like a like a muesli bar right before I went um, on the Saturday, but not on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think even for a super, I don't know if I would fuel for that. I What's think a super a super is a ten k. Ten k. It's okay. now a standardized ten k. It used yeah. to be twelve point eight. Um, 
And then the Beast is the half marathon, the Ultra is the 50K. Yeah. Of course, those you feel for, but yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we got there in pretty good... Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, I noticed, and this is something that I think I'd said, I'm not sure if I said this on the podcast, I mm. may have, but I know I definitely said it um, to, to Andrew, is that the 5K distance didn't really worry me so much because I knew that... Well, one, I'd walk as much as I needed to, but also because of the obstacles, it's not just a straight 5K. Yeah, it's not like it, doing a 5K park run. Yeah, it's yeah. like, like maybe yeah. 100 metres, a couple of 100 metres, and then you stop and you slow down because there might be people in front of you. Yeah, did you have to queue because it was open wave? No, not really. Not, like, not well, a lot. We ended up being spread out quite like quite far it feels quieter than an all spartan because i'm sure i've seen videos of other spartans in the past where people are like complaining because they're waiting to get to the yeah and stuff. well that's what i always assumed yeah. it was going to be like as well and originally i was actually really worried that if we were going to be training so much mm. and that we were going to get stuck behind people who mm. um would, were taking too long to do something we were just going to be standing there doing nothing mm. Um, so going in under-trained was actually the right idea because then yeah. you didn't care about getting yeah, stuck behind people. Exactly. You're like, I can breathe now. Yeah, and then I actually, well, especially at the top of the slip wall, I was like, I was worried that there were people stuck behind me and I'm like, I'm like over mm-hmm. the edge of the wall and I've got one leg over and I'm just, mm-hmm. just feeling like I'm stuck. Then I'm like yeah. looking over my shoulder. I'm like, oh, there's no one there. That's yeah. fine. Okay. All right. I'll keep taking my time. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, um, yeah, to me, it, it was a lot quieter than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Were both days about the same, or was one day busier than the other? I think we're about the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, I think so. Yeah, about the same. And lots of people doing two days. Um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't notice anybody. The second, oh no, I did hear the announcer say that he recognized some people from the day before. Okay. Uh, but I, I didn't see a lot of people. But I didn't really take notice of too many people other than than who was in my wave. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there were like. I was so excited to be able to do it two days in a row because I haven't done it in two years. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's get two medals. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was good. We had Aaron finish in about an hour. Yeah, I just think we, we thought it was going to take about an hour and I stopped my Fitbit at like 59 minutes. So I'm like, oh, well, there you go. That sounds really... Like if it took you 40 minutes and it only took you 20 minutes more... Yeah, I don't understand how. I don't know how that works. Yeah, like, no, that neither feels do I. really diff- Like, yeah... And you, um, so you finished seventh in the competitive wave at 40 minutes, and you went in undertrained with no wrists. Ain't that a and, <laughs> and, no wrists. And sat on top of an A-frame for like five minutes. And you know what? And finished like <laughs> fucking third place. No shit. <laughs> Serious? In her category, third place. Really? Yeah. You podiumed on debut. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. I don't really know that it really counts because I mean, the, the way I, because I keep. Did you get the medal? Well, no, I didn't get a podium medal because it wasn't competitive. It was just a. It was a okay. participation award medal. Oh, yeah. because that's the thing. Damn I mean, like, it could be potluck. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like it would. It would. It'd be potluck. Like you know, for instance, in my wave, there may have been. Uh, only, Doesn't matter. There could have been only ten females in my age category, whereas in the next wave, the, the next wave, there could have been like you know twenty. Still third place. Yeah. <laughs> Still a podium. That's what, I take that absolutely. I would take first out of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I showed up and I finished. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. But that's the thing. I would be interested to see what the actual competitive uh, women, mm. my age mm. group, actually finished it in because. I didn't... Because you're coming for them. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Look if, out. If my body will allow me. If I um, train this time, what will I do then? Oh, Can you God. imagine? Um, 
I'll replace all my all my broken joints and it'll be good. Yeah. Hooks. Bionic woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hooks. That'll definitely help me with things. Yeah. Um, actually, no. Surprisingly, some of the obstacles uh, were very easy. Right. Um, uh, and I put a lot of that down to the fact that my daughter is 20 kilos. Mm. So a lot of these things, a lot of these carries and these pulls and these things that are supposed to be heavy, oh, and whenever I get a, a bag of horse feed, that's 25 kilos. So I'm yeah. frequently carrying something that's 20, 25 kilos. Um, and so when it was, uh, was it called the sled, sled pull? Sled pull, yeah. Sled pull, I thought was going to be really heavy. Yeah. And I was going to have, like, I, I even said, let's train by dragging a tire around the backyard. It was so easy. Yeah. Uh, and the um, the herc hoist as well. Again, so, so easy and so quick. And I, that was a massive surprise because I'm like, I thought this would have felt a lot heavier. Mm. Um, what was the other one? Atlas carry? Atlas carry. Atlas carry, I had to get help. Uh, the volunteer actually picked it up and gave it to me. But that, mm. just because I was a little bit worried that if I, as soon as I tried to pick it up, I was going to blow both wrists. Yeah. But he's like, if you want to try it, I can just put it in your arms if you want. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's give it a go. Cool. <laughs> and so did that, and that was fine. So, yeah, no, there was... Most of the obstacles were actually relatively easy, or mm. comfortable, at least. Like, they weren't really a huge challenge. The only things that I were a challenge was the a just getting over the top of the A-frame. Mm. Um, and then the couple of things that I simply didn't attempt, because it was uh, rope climb, mm. the monkey bars... The rings, those ones I did not even... I knew going into it that yeah. I was not even going to attempt those because that would just set myself up for failure. <laughs> the one that I was actually really surprised at, though, was the inverted wall. So that's where you've got a wall that's kind of leaning towards you. Yeah. It's got a couple of rungs that you can climb up and then... you got to pull yourself over the lip. Get over yeah. the top. Yeah. Um, but when we got to it... It, it's it deceptive. Was, it's deceptive. It's like, yeah, it's like when we see it in the videos or we see the training videos of this is how you do it. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. So I knew in my head how to do it, but as soon as I got to it, it was so much, it was on so much more of an incline that I'm like, mm. I'm going to be ha hanging. Upside down. Yeah, from my, mm. again, from my wrists as much as I said, like a broken record. I'm like, this one doesn't seem like a great idea. Yeah. And that one, that was the only one that I really felt disappointed about not doing because in my head, I mm. thought I was going to do that yeah. one. So how'd but, you cope with the burpees each time? didn't do them because of the wrists right. couldn't, couldn't do them so that's the thing like you know with a couple of the volunteers i said i'm gonna skip this because mm. i'm injured and i don't want to aggravate it yeah. and they said that's fine we're just happy to have people back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i think also just because it's it's open as well they they were just so chill and they're like yeah, yeah cool so yeah they just want to see you out there having well, the most important thing with the volunteers and and spartan is that you try mm. yeah you know and some things you can try and some things you can't like the 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 slip wall just try it this is how you're going to do it mm. or the atlas carry here let me pick it up i'll give it to you you try yeah. it yeah it's mm. great yeah the volunteers actually were fantastic like so supportive and that they that was another thing that i was worried about not just other races kind of passing judgment but the volunteers being like well then you have to do the burpees i'm like but i can't yeah. like, well you have to oh my god but no it was um it was all very welcoming and encouraging what mm. was the town of Turidan like you know, having not had people there for ages and then all of a sudden having a whole bunch of people turn up. And... Well, it's kind of like just off farmland. So I yeah. like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, you don't really see the town. It wasn't real touristy. Mm. No. no, it's just like a big, like, it's just big farmland yeah. mm. out in the middle of nowhere. 
I mean, yeah. Bright will be different. It's Bright's such very a big different, tourist yeah. town. They'll oh. be really excited. I'm so excited to go to Bright. have people there. And it's so, right in the center of town yeah, as exactly. well. So yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm so excited. You know, that's going to be a lot of fun. 50K, obviously, I'm, I'm starting that training now again. So I'm going to have to hit it pretty aggressively, but i got to be really careful. Yeah. Um, okay, that's that's gonna come up really, yeah. really Eight weeks. fast. Yeah, exactly. So you basically get the peak for you have, you have to climb for the next six weeks. Yeah, and then start I'm, a bit I'm of essentially paper. going to get if I'm planning it. Okay, so my schedule for the next eight weeks basically my Monday is going to be easy, my Tuesday is going to be speed, um, my Wednesday is going to be a midweek long run plus a skill. Mm -hmm. So what that means is maybe it's beach running, maybe it's hill running, maybe it's do 1,200 meters, then 400 meters with a sandbag, uh, then 1,200 meters again and repeat that, uh, but with distance. Uh, Thursday, I'll rest. Friday will be kind of easy. Saturday will be long run. Going to try to keep doing that at the Yu Yangs. Yep. Uh, and then Sunday will be probably rest as well. So if, if I can, what I'm going to try to do for my long run days, I'm going... I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna hit it pretty aggressively. I'm gonna go 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, see yeah. how that feels. So normally I would go 10, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 20, yeah. but I don't have that kind of time. So uh, I've already done 10. So I got 15, 20, 25, that's 30, that's five weeks. If I feel okay, the next week I'll do maybe 32 or 35, yeah. but I'm not gonna get to a marathon distance before then. I'm not gonna try. No. Because I'd rather just well, if you're going to be doing those at the Yu Yangs with hills, that'll be good. Yeah, exactly. So that'll that'll count exactly just as much. Although like that adds in case by default. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and depending on how I feel, there might be doubles, yep. like the Sunday. Yeah, and also Wednesday might also turn into midweek long run slash um, bike it yep. in the evening. So another like just ten k. So I'll do 10K on the bike in like 20 minutes, yep. um, which is an, a hard effort for me. I'll, I, and that's an exercise bike, right? So I'll have the level at five. That's 10K, 20 minutes. And I'll just, I'll keep that. And that'll just, I'll, that'll, that'll hurt my quads in a good way. Um, get the endurance going. And I'll just make up some time without putting too much stress on mm -hmm. things that don't need to be stressed. Yeah. And even with your doubles, if you do a, a long run on the Saturday, on the Sunday, you could do a hiking with hills or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't it need to run. Wouldn't have the impact, right? But it yeah. would still prepare right. you for that second half of exactly. the ultra when you're going to be doing a lot of hiking. Exactly, and I yeah. might on those Sundays add weight. Yeah, weighted vest or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can piggyback me everywhere if you want. Could that's that's could a lot do. of weight you can add. Right on. Yeah, there you go. So that's what that's what my eight weeks is going to look like. So that's going to be really interesting. Mm. So let's talk about the marathon, and your ultra, and everything that you've done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so so. Uh, uh, if you want to go uh, hike and do stuff at the Yu Yangs, I'm your man. Uh, I would, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I need somebody to yeah. push me at the Yu Yangs because, um, not that because I we know I can stick to a schedule yeah. and a routine, but it'd just be good to, yeah, do something like that not alone. Well, the week you were doing the Spartan, I went out to the Yu Yangs to do the Trails Plus Hardcore Ultra, which yes. is two events that start at seven o'clock on the Saturday morning. They start a hundred kilometer event and a hundred mile event and so oh. about 35 of us headed off on that about 20 odd people in the hundred mile yeah. actually more people in the miler this year than the 100k that's um, 160 kilometers 160 kilometers yeah. so it's actually 105 kilometers for the hundred 
and 160 odd kilometers for the other one because the, <laughs> there's a 21 kilometer loop they do and the 21 kilometer loop's got about 600 meters of climbing in it yeah um and so that started at seven o'clock on the day that you were doing a spartan two weeks ago um now my training leading up to it is i was starting to feel really really good for it about i want to say a month out and then I had a little flare up of the planter mm-hmm. again, and so I had to sort of cut, like cut right back for two weeks just whilst I got on top of it, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and then worked my way back up. Lots of running around the oval and stuff like that. Didn't basically run on road for a month leading up to it, right. just completely saving myself. Um, and got out there, and I had plans to do it in eighteen to twenty hours. That was my plan. Mm. Um, I was running solo, so there was lots of people that had like crews and people taking caravans there so that they could stay there overnight Um, lots of people during the event they'd come in off their lap and it'd be like a ferrari pit crew they'd just (laughs) open the chair and stick arms and legs out and people would swap stock and shelf socks and lube up under their arms and stuff like that and refill their pack and put water in them and then change their shirt and then pick them up and send them off (laughs) and i'm sitting there Going, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> where did I put that protein bar? Like, what's going on? I'm trying to pull stuff together. And yeah, so it was very, very different watching some of the, the people that had crews doing it versus those of us that were doing it ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, so I rocked up on the Saturday. I'm like, right, five laps, 21 Ks a lap. I knew that I was doing laps in training in about two hours 40, two hours 50, somewhere around there. Mm. Wow. Um, so I was like, if I, can, if I can start off with a three-hour lap, and then get maybe 15 minutes slower each lap, and by the time I get to the last lap, I'm doing four hours, mm. then I should be able to come in slower than 18 hours, but under 20. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, and the other thing is that I couldn't... The, the first hit, like the race starts, and you're walking up steps for a kilometre and a half. Nope. Wow. All the way to the top. Yeah. And so at the start of the race, a bunch of people started running up the steps. Jesus Christ. And then a bunch of us, probably about nine or ten of us at the back... Just hiking. started laughing at them. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I was thinking the exact thing. We'll see like, you in a couple of minutes. Someone was like, they know they've got 32 hours, right? Like, <laughs> so we all started hiking off. So there's about 10 of us hiking up this mountain. And so we get to the top and we turn around and everyone runs off on me. Literally everyone. Bastards. At the two and a half K mark, I am dead last. <laughs> so dead last where when I come down the hill, because the aid station was at the bottom of this hill. Mm. And so... I come down this hill and the volunteer's like, oh, we thought everyone had gone. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, no, that's, no. Just, that's motivational. Just me. Thanks yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> so so the first lap, like, I was dead last. I, I ended up, because I, I couldn't run, with my planter, I couldn't yeah. run down the hill. Yeah. I was like, I have to walk the hill. Even though in training a couple of months ago, I was flying down that yeah. hill. I was doing, like, sub 30 minutes up and back. Yeah. That was now taking me over 40 minutes. Right. Um, and there was another part of the course which was, like, a really... Uh, for the Yu Yangs, it's the most technical course there is. Mm. It's like lots of undulations and fast downward turns and lots of bits where you just need to jump and go. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of aggravated my planter sure. mm. um, a while ago. And so I had to take that like at half speed. So mm. compared to how fast I knew I could run it, I had to take that at half speed. So there's a couple of parts of the course where I was like, I just have to be slower here, but that's in the interest of finishing. And that's yeah. that's see, that's an interesting thing because, you know, especially when you're not running a race to race it and compete and win yeah but just to finish like it's better to be mm-hmm. i mean it's better to be safe it's better yeah. to finish on your feet than on your back <laughs> yeah um and it's like 
you know, with a race that long, it's like, what really does it matter if it's an 18 or 20 hour finish? Unless you're going for like an FKT or you're trying to beat somebody else or you're trying to PB. It's like just to finish it. Yeah. yeah. My, my training was very different for this because I, you know, in normal quote unquote training, I would have gone out and I would have done at least a marathon distance beforehand or something like that. I didn't get a chance to do that. I did a couple of, um, you know, half marathon 10K, half marathon 10K, half marathon back together. Mm. And then I did another 10 days where I went out every day I did like 130 Ks in 10 days or something like that. Freak. So, so I did I did a couple of blocks of stuff that was manageable, mm. but it wasn't hill training. There was no long stuff back to back. So yeah. it was absolutely not the perfect training that I would have liked to have done for the ultra. So I was like, oh, we'll see how we go. Um, so I ended up on the first lap. Um, once we got off all the technical bits in the hills and stuff, I was able to get to a pretty good pace. Yeah. Ended up catching, uh, running with a guy for a lot of the, the main bit. On a 21-kilometer loop, there was probably a good 14 kilometers that you could run. Right. You could actually run it. Yeah. So seven kilometers you couldn't run because yeah. of hills, either upwards, downhill, that was too technical. And then there was a good you know, 14, 15 k's that you could run. And so I ran with him most of that in the first lap. And so I came in on the first lap and I was under two hours 40. Mm. And I'm like, wow, that's 20 minutes in the bank yeah. straight away. Went out, did the second lap. Three hours and 21. No, nope. <laughs> came in two hours 40 something as nice. well. Nice. So now I'm like, I've got half an hour in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Go out there do the third lap, come in under three hours again. So now it's nine hours has gone by. Um, we're in the middle of the day now. It's starting to get warm, but not crazy warm. And so you're now 63 kilometers. Now 63 kilometers in. Wow. So blew past the marathon distance. Like the marathon, like it was like, okay, I've done a marathon now. I've still got 60 kilometers to go. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep going. Um, got to halfway through the third lap. And now sorry, this is this is a race where it this is the distance. It's not like a backyard ultra where you just do what no, you can. No. There's a specific It's hundred kilometers. Okay, You've got to yeah, run hundred and five okay. kilometers cool. to yep. finish. Um, so I got halfway through the third lap and I'm like, because of the way the laps are designed, I'm like, I've actually done more than half the elevation now. Nice. Mm. Like there's not as much elevation to go in this race. Mm. Yeah. And so it was just a little series of little victories along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time I got up and down the hill without anything aggravating, yeah. I was like victory. Everything every time I knocked and tripped over something and didn't fall, mm. I was like victory. Yeah. Every time I got to the bit where I could start to run and I started to run and I actually kept running victory yeah so it was just like a series of little victories yeah. you know and that's actually really great it's a great way because it's so easy mm. when you're running it doesn't matter what distance you're running it just depends on your effort your your skill level mm. but you get to that point where everything feels like defeat yeah so the more that you can think of things as a victory and not look at the defeat so yeah much better exactly and so every time so I'd come into the aid station and it would basically be one of the one of the best tips I got as part of preparing for this ultra was someone said when you're in the aid station if you're not doing something then you should be back out on the course moving because mm. even walking on the course is better than sitting in the aid yeah. station yeah and so what I did is I'd get to the aid station and I'd basically go toes to head are my feet okay you know, if, if the feet are stuffed, there's nothing you could do. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, the feet are really hurting um, because of plantar and blisters and all this sort of stuff, but it is what it is. Um, you know, I'd taken some Voltaren in the lead-up to the event. I took some Nurofen during the event to try and mask it. So are the feet okay? Right, are the feet, feet are good. How are the calves? How are the quads? They're fine. Okay, now we're up to here. Change the shirt. Get the shirt off. Put a fresh shirt on every lap. Feels like a brand new lap. 
Mm. You're a brand new person. You're sweating in about 500 meters <laughs> after you start the lap, but you feel like a brand new man as you start the lap. Um, shirts off, get rid of sweat, reapply sunscreen. Okay, now, whilst you're sort of cooling off a bit, refill the vest. Water, gels, bars. The, the food I took, I had a very, very limited food range. And where I really started to suffer was on the fourth lap. I just couldn't eat anymore. Yeah. I was literally nibbling, yeah. like a little mouse bite. Like, nibble, 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 nibble. Because it just took me like an hour to get through like one bar. Right. Because I just didn't want to eat anything. So that was a real hard bit. The fourth lap was really, really tough. That's where my times finally started to blow out over three hours or so. Yeah. Because um, I was back on the course for the start of the fourth lap at nine hours. So I'd done three laps, including mm. breaks, in three hours each lap. I didn't get back on the, out on the course for the very final lap until 12 and a half hours. Right. So that fourth lap took me three and a half hours to do the actual lap and um, refill at the aid station and mm. all that sort of stuff. Um, the, the final lap started at about nine o'clock uh, or eight eight thirty nine 9 o'clock just before sunset so that was headlamp yeah. territory so yeah. I managed to get a little bit up the mountain and then on the way down had to have the headlamp on and at that point a lot of the bits that I had been running were now walking sure. because yeah. it's like the, the bits that you could see you couldn't run them because there's sticks there's potholes yeah. and all that sort yeah. of stuff and even though I had a really really good headlamp the light shines like a two-dimensional thing. Yeah. You can see stuff, but you can't see dips and yeah. hollows. Yeah. So it's so risky. And so um, pretty much the last lap was just hiking, it was just power hiking, like trying to walk and power hike as much as possible. Even the bits that you know, could have ran, I was like, you know, I can really only run about a kilometre here. I might as well save it. Yeah. So, yeah. so the last lap took me four and a bit hours. Okay. Um, but I ended up finishing the whole thing in 16 and a half hours. Pretty good. So yeah. way under yeah. what my yeah. best case scenario was. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the way it works with ultras is you don't get a medal, you get a buckle, right. like a belt buckle. Yeah. The golden buckle was under 12 hours. No one got that. The winner did about 13 hours. Mm. Um, I ended up finishing seventh. Um, so look at us both finishing. Both finishing seven, yeah. <laughs> Fist bump. Thanks, man. I That's think seven's meant to be a lucky number as it was well. Lucky so for me because I finished. There you well, go. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah. So now hold on, wait a second. No, I finished fifth. Damn it! There were uh, seven finishes. So out of the fifteen that started, take only my fist bump back. I'm saying, ooh. So um, lucky. Out of the fifteen starters in the hundred k, mm. only seven finished. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so four of them went under sixteen hours. Yeah. And so they got a silver buckle. And then I got a bronze buckle because I went over 16 hours, but under 20 or something like that. Nice. But it was one of those events where straight afterwards, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and then it turned into, I'm never doing that again by myself. Like, I'll do it if I had a crew or I could run I'm with never someone. doing that again this week. So it's kind of like having a baby and people go, I'm yeah. never doing that again. And then they go back and they have another kid. And then it turned into, I could take 35 minutes out of that pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, the stages of grief that I went through in the 72 hours afterwards. Yeah. Um, my toes were just massacred. Like both, they would have been. My toes were terrible. Little, little toe on either side was just really, really tough. Um, uh, the muscle soreness on the Monday, Tuesday was just full on. But then it started to get better. So I had a week to recover until yesterday's Melbourne Marathon. Right. So, yesterday's yeah. hot-ass Melbourne Marathon. Correct. So, you know, a week after doing 105Ks, I was like, I'm running Melbourne Marathon. So Which I had, would have felt like a park run yeah. to you at that point. Well, exactly. I was not worried about the distance at all. Yeah. Not worried about the distance at all. Um, so I had a week to get ready. So the week in between was lots of hydration, yeah. 
lots of food, but not too much food. Um, lots of walking. Um, thankfully, Daryl is um, coming back from an injury at the moment, so he's doing limited running. So I was able to most days walk to see him, run a little bit with him, and then walk back. So it kept me moving all through the week, which was good to let the lactic acid spill out. Um, and then really, really late in the week, like fr Thursday, Friday, I got back into actually some running yeah. uh, and tried to see how I would do with a bit of pace and so forth. Um, and so I turned, I went to the, the Melbourne Marathon yesterday on Sunday. It was just, the Trails Plus event was good, but you're talking about over the course of two days of the weekend, 400 people. Sure. Melbourne Marathon had that buzz again. Yeah. Like to be at the start line with probably five and a half, six thousand people wow. was just, it was just astonishing. Like they did a really, really good job. Like uh, Brett for Trails Plus always does a good job with all this COVID stuff. Um, Melbourne Marathon though did a really, really good job with signing in. They gave us all mm. barcodes without these oh, little wristband things. Without these wristbands, you couldn't get into certain places and mm. they had security guards everywhere. Right. So it wasn't like, oh, you need the wristband. It's like you could not get anywhere near the starting chute without a wristband. You could get not get anywhere near the bag drop without a wristband. Right. They had it, it locked down. The yeah, open good. bits were open, but the bits for races and stuff were all pretty, pretty good. Right um, and we got there in, scanned in, and waiting around for the thing to start. Um, one logistical problem with Melbourne Marathon, they had all these porta potties set up. No toilet paper. Oh no kidding. Any of the porta potties. What? So they had to do like an emergency call to get people to come and bring porta potties. And by the time they turned up there, they were eight deep waiting for portaloos and so thankfully i always carry a packet of tissues with me because i'm a trail runner so mm. simon who i went in with we were just like oh we'll skip the queue in we go there you go simon for driving me in you can have two pieces of tissue um, <laughs> that's your budget um and away you go um so yeah it was uh, a six o'clock start so just after sunrise so we're running through melbourne and the sun is coming up mm. and uh, and it was warm yesterday mm. but we were, i was done by 10 o'clock. Yeah. So it was fine. From Thank that God it yeah. wasn't today. Thank God it wasn't today. Yeah. No wind. Zero wind. That's... So still. Mm. It, was, it was just astonishing. Um, so, so I was like, okay, I had no idea what I was going to do for Melbourne a week after doing the 105. Because I know I can back up a marathon a week later. Mm. I've done that before. But that was a really fast Melbourne followed by just a scenic Toronto. Yeah, And so when I did Toronto a week later, I did 356. Mm. And I was like, I've got to think that after doing 100, I'm probably not going to be that fast. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to start with the four-hour pacer. And if I drift out to 430, so be it. That's what it is. That's all I wanted to do. And so at the start line, I had a really bad stomach yesterday. Yeah. I had to like, I was, had to go to the bathroom at home, went to the bathroom whilst waiting for the, to get ready for the race. And after I dropped my bag off, I had to go to the bathroom again. So I got to like the start line. Nice and the, late. At, at the end of the national <laughs> anthem. And I'm weaving through people, trying to get to where I could see the four hour paces. And when the race started, the four hour paces were probably 300 meters ahead of me. <sighs> And the first 5Ks of Melbourne Marathon is just chaos. Yeah. Mm. You're, you're walking bits of it because there's these choke so points. Yeah. You yeah. can't get a free run. So I spent like the first 5Ks just trying to catch up yeah. to the four-hour paces. Finally caught them around about the start of Albert Park Lake. And then I needed to go to the toilets oh, uh, no. again. So when I come out, I'm like, and they're 300 metres down the road again. Jeez. So then I spent another 5Ks trying to catch them and then eventually caught the four-hour paces at about the 10K mark. And I'm like, okay, now I'm just going to hang on to them. But then at my pace that I've been running to try and catch them, 
I just kind of kept going. Yeah. And so I, I sort of ran past them. I'm like, oh, I'm 50 meters ahead of them. Oh, I'm 100 meters ahead of them. But I'm feeling okay at this point. Mm. And I wasn't running with a vest or anything. I was just, you know, using the aid stations, carrying gels. I'm like, I'm just feeling pretty good. The quads are feeling good. You know, I was every five kilometers or so, I was doing like bum kicks with my heels and then doing a little bit of knee raises and stuff. So really trying to loosen everything up yeah. and keep it moving. And so I just kept chugging along, just kept chugging along. Um, get to the halfway mark and I'm like, okay, it's 3.55, 3.56 or so. I'm definitely on track to go sub four hours at this point. And then as we're approaching like the 25K mark, I see the three hour 50 people go past. And I'm like, I'm actually closer to the 350 than I am to the four hours. Yeah. What's going on here? All right, let's, let's, let's just hold it until about the 30K mark and then we'll figure it out. But at the 29K mark, I had to go to the toilet again. Oh, man. So I go, I go they had, it, was, it was in St. Kilda. And so there's these proper, beautiful heritage listed, listed toilets. Yeah. Mm. I go tearing in there like a bat out of hell. There's this poor cleaner man who has me coming and going, oh, the toilet's open! Yeah, yeah, they're open. Okay, cool. I go crashing into a, into a stall. I'm in there trying to do my business as quick as possible. But, you know, apologies for the details, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to be very, very careful when you're doing long distance running that you clean up properly because you don't want any chafing aggravation or anything mm. after that. So you have to take a little bit of time. I come out of the toilet. Where's the four-hour paces? 200 meters ahead. 200 meters down the road again. So I'm back. So I've lost like five or six minutes yeah. that I had on the four-hour paces. I'm like, okay, well, there is now 12 kilometers to go Twelve kilometers to go in this race. Let me catch back up to them. Caught back up to them um, at about, I don't know, 32 kilometers or so. Like that's a caught them pretty quickly. Yeah. And then just kept running. And and time for the second half of the race. Yeah, exactly. 32 <laughs> kilometers, that's when the race starts. In go the headphones. On goes the music. I've been running without anything at that point, just sort of soaking it in and, you know, hearing it all. Um, put the music in and then just kept going. And the last bit of Melbourne Marathon is where that quote-unquote hills are. They're not crazy they're hills. Not, they're, just, they're just annoying inclines. They're just really stupid. Like, yeah. if you go train hills, you wouldn't worry about them at all. No, but they're just, they're just steep enough that after you've been running... You know, 35, yeah. 30, 35 kilometers. It's just like, oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> but you also get that bonus of um, you, the people who have gone out too hard in the marathon start slowing down. Yeah. And the people who are struggling in the half, they're ahead of you. And so you literally just are like, that person, ding, that person, ding. Mm. It's like Mario yeah. bouncing across. <laughs> dunk, 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 dunk. You're just overtaking <laughs> people <laughs> like that. <laughs> and it just, just builds the, the, the confidence if you're feeling strong. So yeah. I was just... Last, you know, got to 35k mark, and at that point, it's like seven k's to go. Let's let's just really go for it. So, um, beautiful run home. Felt really, really strong. Ended up racing a guy for the last two last two kilometers. I was doing five minute k's. That's nuts. Um, on the my, my fastest pace was on the MCG at the very, very end because I wanted to get back. So I ended up finishing three hours, 54 minutes and 57 You would have seconds. negative split then, did you? Oh, I ran a, a three minute, 45 second speed on the MCG. Jeez. Like my bend on the MCG was like full on Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> you know, freak. sprinting. Um, just oh. blistered and finished and felt great. Felt like so good. I, I reckon if it hadn't been for the toilet stops, there was absolutely a sub 350 there. Awesome. If I'd wanted it. 
uh, felt so good afterwards. Like when bouncing out of there, saw Simon, Simon PB. Yeah, he did like a 334 or something yeah, crazy. 338. 338, yeah, yeah. Which is like 14 minutes faster than his yeah. PB. Because he, he had gone into the event going, oh, I just want to go under 350. If I go under 350, then I'm faster than my PB. And I'm like, mate, you need to find the 350 pacer and get out in front of them. Mm. Right? You know, look at the 340 pacer because he's so fast at the moment, but he just needed to get through that barrier. Yeah. He and I were talking about instantly. We're like, "Hey, next year we're going under 330." Nice. Let's let's. <laughs> we, we, this is our train. Like we're mapping out our training plan for the next ten months and talking about like he, he was so confident afterwards. I was so confident afterwards. Um, it was actually a bit of mayhem out there. Yeah. Like there was quite a few people went down. Um, I think com- really coming out of heat. Yeah, coming out of COVID, sure. mm. the heat, not being properly prepared. Yeah. I mean, the field was smaller than normal, but I saw the first person down getting medical attention at like the 18K mark. Yeah. And then there was, you know, quite a few people on mm. the uh, on the road up to, what's it called, St. Kilda Road? Yeah. There and around the botanical. And like there was a guy 500 metres from the finish um, who needed help and stuff like that. Oh. Some people had a really hard day. To... It's a tough, it's yeah. a tough distance. I mean, the first ever marathoner died at the end yeah. of it. It wasn't as bad as 2018. I mean, it was the, the terror. That was my first marathon. That was yeah. the worst one. Uh, so it wasn't as bad as that, but it was still pretty bad. But yeah, I was um, astonished how well I finished and how, you know, obviously things weren't exactly right with, you know, the stomach and everything, but just in terms of the actual running itself. Yeah. I, felt great. I feel terrible today. Well, good. <laughs> my legs today are so sore. That's awesome. But you know what's really <laughs> interesting? The planter just hasn't hurt. I don't know. Yeah, isn't that weird? When you know. expect it to hurt and then it doesn't, and you're just like, what is this magic? I, I, like, Simon and I were talking about it. He's like, the cure is go run 105Ks because <laughs> you'll just fuck it so much that there's nothing there. Like, you've just <laughs> torn everything. Yeah. You so, have no nerve endings. Yeah, so that's a bad idea. Yeah. Man, that's, I'm gonna He's like, that. if you just, just tear it back to bare metal. <laughs> so, so I think that's what I did. Just, there's nothing there but bone. Now. Yeah, because it just doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing like my cartilage is disintegrated, roll, but there's just nothing there. So right yeah, <laughs> so that's that's how it was. That's that's um, a hundred and fifty k, for lack of a better word, in a week. Um, there's a couple words there. There's a couple of things in there, but yeah, <laughs> good, great ultra experience. Glad for me. I, I still. The only reason I did the damn hundred and five is because Dean dared me to, and then he didn't come. <laughs> he didn't do it. And then and Daryl backed me into it, and then Daryl didn't do it. So I only, up. I only did that damn hundred and five by myself. You're like you're like the kid that gets dared to smoke at school and is the only one that gets caught. Next time I'm just going to smoke a packet of cigarettes. Do it's it. probably going to be easier. Yeah, it's definitely um, going to be less injury yeah. giving. Um, but can, yeah, can I dare you to do it? But promise you that I won't do it. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Because really, then you won't get let down. Yeah, exactly. What was really interesting is Simon and I were talking, because originally the plan was we were going to do Oxfam in October. Yeah. That's right. And then yeah. I was going to do Melbourne a day later. And he was like, given how well yeah. you ran Melbourne, how do you think you would have ran it if you had done Oxfam beforehand? And I'm like, mate, I am not going to try and talk myself up at all. Mm. I would have been over five hours mm. for the marathon. Yeah. Like the way I was running today... After having done, you know, Melbourne yesterday, and the way I ran, told you he'd run today. Just a little run, um, just a shakeout run. And the way the way I ran on Mon- on the Monday after doing the hundred and five, I'm like, you know, six and a half minute Ks were a struggle. Yeah. So there's no way I would have gone under five hours if I'd done it like a day later. Mm. But it has got me thinking if I ever want to do like some back to back, you know, four marathons in four days or oh, seven God. marathons in seven days or something like that. I got to. 
figure out what it feels like. So, yeah. No better Show, done than... It showed it was possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible and doable. Freaking amazing. Yeah. Look at that. Sounds exciting. <laughs> Sounds crazy. <laughs> so that's, uh, I guess that's what we've been up to. Um, so, yeah, so... What's the what's our next? Uh, what do you got next? I'm doing nothing until March. March is so March is uh, March is uh, Warburton. Oh sure. So okay. Warburton uh, trail for so it's fifty k's in Warburton, and then two weeks after that will be Oxfam one hundred. Yes. And then uh, about six or so weeks after that will be Great Ocean Road. So I'll do the forty two or the ultra there, and then after that, that's in May. July would be Yu Yang's again. So go back and try and go under 16 hours for the yeah. 100. Don't think I'm ready to step up to the miler yet. Yeah. Um, that would be July. And then August, September, training as hard as I can for Melbourne, October, Melbourne Marathon. Right on. And try and go fast at Melbourne. I think that's the year. I don't think I want to do any more than that. I, yeah. I don't think I'm going to do the Backyard Ultra next year. I don't think I'm going to do Brimbank because it would be in between Warburton and Oxfam. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a 50, a 50, and a 100. Crazy. I think physically I could do it. But I also would feel really bad if I tried to squeeze an ultra in between Warburton and Oxfam and I got injured and I let the team down. Yeah. yeah. So so I think that's th those will probably be the main races I'll do next year. So that's that one, two, three, four. It's like five main events next year. Nice. But, the, but the focus would be on a fast Melbourne. I'd really try and store it all up and try and build, build up a heap of stamina yeah. over the first six months of the year and then work on speed. In the lead, I still keep doing 30-odd K long runs on a Sunday, but the rest of the training would be around speed and strength sure. and flexibility. Yeah. Nice. That's, I think that's what it's going to do. But, but no, I don't think no backyard ultra next year. I think, um, yeah, just doesn't fit. It's just so hard. Like, I don't really want to run for the next two weeks now. Yeah. Mm. And then you come out of it and then you're in New Year's and then you take holidays. And next thing you know, it's mid-January and you've got an event in three weeks. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's it for me. I'm going to just sort of you know, take a little bit of time off and then have a really controlled year next year. Perfect. Yeah. What about you two? Well, for me, uh, yeah, the, the 50K Ultra is the next thing. Uh, the Ultra Beast, that's the, obviously the Spartan. When is that in February? Uh, February 12th. Okay. February 12th. Um, so it's 50K, 60-plus obstacles. Um, and to be honest, I don't know what happens after that because I'm going to spend the time leading up to that making sure that I'm bulletproofing everything that I can and basically that race is going to tell me what the rest of the year looks like that race I think is going to tell me if I decide to go for the Melbourne Marathon again because I tell you what I've got some business with the Melbourne <laughs> Marathon but the thing is I am going to be out there looking for some kind of redemption but yeah. I don't want to go out there if I'm not going to be able to get it yeah so I, I'm going to see what happens at the 50K. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if it's going to be a true telltale because it is not really, it's not going to be road running. It's going to be a lot of walking, but it will tell me a lot about what my body is capable of in my mind. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I'll, I'll figure that out. Erin, um, what about you? I would like to do the sprint at Bright Spartan. Sprint's 10? Five. 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 Yeah, yeah. Five. Yeah. Yeah, only five for me. I, I, I think I'm far too mentally lazy to yeah. attempt for more than that anytime soon. But yeah, for me, I guess leading up to that, I need, I really need to see someone about my wrists. Yeah. Because you know I've had to do three courses of steroids for it for the for the last however months, however many months that I've had the issue, and I want to 
find out from someone if this is something that I can make better or if this is something that I just have to learn to live with. Mm. Um, And that will kind of then... Yeah, sure, I could probably do a 5K sprint if I'm careful and skip those same sort of risky obstacles. But yeah... Uh, and then I would like to get back into running. Yeah. I was um, to say, if your wrists don't hold up, then you could still get back into running. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. At least there's something that I can do. Yeah. It's just trying to get back into the the right headspace for it as well. Yeah. I would like us to start going to park run. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was run director at park run on the weekend, mm-hmm. and the last three times I've tried to be run director at park run, we went into lockdown. So this was actually the first time that I've actually managed to run a parkrun event and go? not put an entire state into lockdown. It was good? It was good, yeah. Nice. Uh, 84 people and we all made it. And nice. yeah, the times worked. So yeah. Yeah. Because okay. uh, they've, they've now actually uh, have started to allow the phone barcodes. Yes. Yeah, you don't need to have the... Exactly. After I paid... For the damn wrist bracelet thingy <laughs> that costs like $29 for a piece of plastic, mm-hmm. now you can use your phone. Ain't that a bitch. Oh my god, it was so ropeable about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, park runs back, junior park runs back. Um, I tell you what, it was a hell of a lot trying to get people back into yeah. park run because they kept changing what it was categorized as, yeah. bouncing it around, and then finally it's come through. And yeah. it's just it's just good to have that community option back every week for people yeah, yeah i think I, I i get that because it was the same for little athletics yep. for again to to start my daughter into that mm. for her to start that next year mm. and because again it, all things just kept changing so mm. then the kids couldn't really go and sign up to any of these clubs no. and stuff like that so i'm like okay well she's only she turned six in march mm. and she loves to run yep. so i'm like I don't know how I'm supposed to get into athletics now yeah. but yeah there's junior park run now yeah Two well she she yeah. probably enjoy that yeah she, um, yeah. She's going on Christmas. Well, you and I should go on Christmas Day to Park Run. We'll be eating on Christmas Day. Not at 8 a.m. Presents. Uh, Small child involved. Yeah, I suppose we... No, and she, I, I'll get her at a, like maybe midday. Oh, so right. I suppose we could go at 8 a.m. Well, we'd actually technically need to be there by 7.50. Welcome to Schedules of the Rich and Famous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. I was going to ask you a question. How you're training for the ultra? Mm. How's that going to work around your job? Uh, That's what I was thinking as well. That is that is going to be the toughest thing. So I'm basically just going to have to figure out where my runs fit in on the mm. days that I'm working. So for example, tomorrow I'm meant to do my speed workout. I'm getting up to be at work at 6 a.m. So that means I'll have to do, and and this is also now where other responsibilities come because not only is that. After I finish work, Aaron and I are going to go see... Kinder graduation. Right. Yeah. Um, that's gonna I, mean, I mean, that counts for all the marbles. Exactly. <laughs> kinder, you, you stuff up kinder, and your life's basically over. It's so much. You, that, that's when you become that. a podcaster that yeah. releases an episode every three months. That new job I got, they asked for my kinder diploma, and I couldn't put my hands on it straight away. That was some dodgy time. There you go. Yeah. Automatic um, fail. Yeah. I so guess yeah. we'll be taking that zero off the paycheck then. Yeah, Done. No kinder degree. No six-figure yeah. income for you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I'll just have to figure it out. You know, like tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll schedule in because my speed workout, I'll probably, you know, it's not going to be huge. Just don't go to the gym. Well, no, that's not an option. <laughs> um, what I'll probably do is I'll combine it. I'll go to the gym and then straight after do my speed workout. And my speed workout's only going to be maybe eight 
times 400 meters with mm. a cool, you know, I'll try to get somewhere between five and seven kilometers total. Um, but then, yeah, I just got to figure it out. You know, I, I'm, I'm toying with the idea that once January starts, I'm going to only give them three days a week because I, due to the nature of them, how they have been rostering, it's so last minute, mm. I can't plan for anything. Yeah. So I would just rather give them three days where I just use those Lock three days in. as a write-off. Yeah. Right. And then the other days I can just actually plan my life. Yeah. Um, and so there, yeah, so I'll just, I'll have to figure it out that, that way. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, training for an ultra is... Time-consuming. Like, yeah, it's, it's a compromise yeah. of all the other time yeah. you can get back for that. That's yeah. it. I mean, there's... Yeah, it's just those, especially those long run days. Those yep. are going to be long slogs. Like I'll be out for three, three, four hours. Yeah. So I got to figure that out. Oh, at least, yeah. Well, we're 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 getting back into. It. I mean, obviously we've got Christmas coming up. Indeed. Um, but yeah, there'll be plenty of trips out to Yu Yangs and other pits around um, Melbourne. Yeah. So. See, so yeah. even me just walking at the Yu Yangs would be great. Mm. Yeah. So exactly. That, that's and, something that I'm just aiming is, for instead of pushing myself yeah. to run so much. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. Uh, weirdly, both of my ankles still hurt. So I don't really have muscle doms, mm. but just the, my ankle joints yeah. still so stiff and sore. Yeah. So I figure let's just go to the Yangs and do lots of walking and lots of, you know, hill sort of stuff. And yeah. even though I'm walking, it'll just get my body used to yeah. that. And the good thing is Erin uh, only lives about 15 minutes away from yeah. the Yangs, So I'll go there in the morning. She'll meet me there with uh, Olivia. Perfect. That's awesome. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about? No, I think we've filled a, a chunk of time. Indeed. Just catching up on everything. Right hope, on. Hope everyone enjoyed hearing a little bit about the races. Of course, we could go do an entire second podcast and probably cover off a whole bunch of stuff that happened in the races that we, we will think about. So uh, if you've got any questions, let us know. Otherwise, good to see you too. Yeah, you too. Congratulations you too, on everything. Completing the first Spartan, getting back into Spartan. Congratulations on this good boy. I met Kel for the first time. Kel is Andrew's dog. And he is just gorgeous. Indeed. Yes. He's a good little boy. Well, look, everybody, thank you so much, as always, for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where Zach and I and Aaron hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.